swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Welcome to Movie Mistral. The podcast where we examine the IMDb Top 250 and anger a million people with our bad faith arguments. At least a million. <laughs> My name is Johannes. <laughs> and I am Raji. Today, we're talking about another film on that list. Can you believe it? Olivia Nakache's biographical dramedy, The Intouchables. The Intouchables was released in France on November 2nd, 2011, starring Francois Clouzet, Omar Sy, and Audrey Fleurot. Before we go paragliding, and hopefully not break our necks, I have to ask you to leave a review for this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a thumbs up, tell all your friends, and, uh, you know, you can tell us how we're wrong too, that's fine. But anyway, hey, what makes you happy today? All right, I was just talking to you about this uh, prior to this recording, but I found my new favorite book, The Blondings by uh, P.G. Woodhouse. It's a, it's a, it's. I've been a big P.G. Woodhouse fan for a long time, and I've I've really really loved uh, Jeeves and Wooster. Um, which is one of my favorite books to read. Um, and I've read all their books multiple times. Uh, but mm-hmm. I recently came across The Blandings, and it's given me so much joy to listen and to read about all these interesting characters and how they get related to The Blandings. Um, it's based in the, in the 20s, the rock and rolling 20s, and it's just a hilarious, fun book that gives me so much joy. So oh, okay. that's what gives, makes me happy today. What about you? So, so I, had a, I had an interesting conversation with somebody at work on Friday and um, they in Slack, they posted, you know, is it me? Uh, it, it's me. I I'm the I'm the trouble. It's me, uh, you know, referring to Taylor Swift's uh, anti-hero song. And I was like, I know that song, but I don't know it. Right. It's just kind of mm-hmm. something that, that, you know, is part of the the world these days. But um, I started listening to that song and it's a really good song. And I'm like. Am I turning into a Swifty now? I don't know. I always use that as a, as a joke <laughs> kind of thing, but I'm like, it's actually a pretty good song. Uh, so, so that gives me joy today. Um, yeah, that's that's happening happening in my head. Uh, and I already saw some interesting, you know, like rock screamo kind of covers of it, which is more my wheelhouse usually. So it's like, okay, mm. that's 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 fun that people take, you know, the, this great foundation and and you know take their creativity out on it, and uh, it still works. It's good. So. Yeah, I think Good being stuff. a Swifty, it being a Swifty creeps up on you, man. Creeps up on you, and all of a sudden, <laughs> I guess you're listening to all our albums, crying in the shower, laughing in the <laughs> while cooking. Yeah, they love it. It's a passion for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's solid music, you know, for for what it is. It's it's really well done music. She's likable enough. Mm, oh, um, don't let's not. Let's not get to uh, anger too, too much. Far. Of the 50s. <laughs> they they break no, the internet. I, I, <laughs> and companies, that's the uh, yeah. I was just like they're still dealing with Ticketmaster. They don't want you don't want the, them to turn their sights like the eye of Sauron on this small blind podcast. <laughs> oh hey, you know what they say? Any any press is uh, good press, right? Oh, all right. <laughs> Well, so today we're talking about a French movie. Have you seen this movie before? Or have you seen the remake? I've seen this movie. Well, I haven't seen the remake, but I've seen this movie several times for sure. 
Um, okay. Didn't touch. I think I've I've been watching it on and off for almost six, seven years now. The movie came out in 2011, and the movie is has uh, probably been one of my French best French films, um, as well as Tell No One, which also stars um, one of the actors in this film. Okay. Um, it also stars uh, Francois Cluzet. Uh, in Tell No One, um, and it's, uh, as well as uh, as one other one that I really like. Um, anyway, Un uh, Profite, The Prophet, which is another really good French film, but this is one of my favorite French films. Right. Okay. Good to know. Yeah, I saw this before. I remember mm-hmm. it was a recommendation from my mother, which, you know, like looking back now, like oftentimes that's very hit or miss. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine, <laughs> but you know that's this. Uh, I, I'm not going to say uh, where this falls for me, but yet. But um, yeah, I've seen this before. Uh, French movies sometimes have this aura of oddness to them, mm. or like you know, um, they 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 can be very creative. They can be very artsy, right? Um, I don't necessarily think this is one of those. Take that how you uh, interpret that how you think. Uh, okay. I, how, how I mean that. But um, yeah, yeah. The Untouchables. I have not seen the remake. Um, I'm kind of annoyed that, you know, that America movie studios think they need to remake all the movies that happen in other languages. It's frustrating. Because oftentimes we have good ones. I think the problem with all, a lot of this this remakes is that most of them will never, they don't capture the the essence of this of of the French film, you know. Um, I think we could talk about it more yep. once yeah. the once we go in. So I, I probably don't want to spoil too much of my conversations. Sure. Um, but yeah, let's yeah go, before we go there, let's let's do it. Yeah, let's uh, toss a coin. Here's synopsis and dive right in. So, my friend, heads or tails? I'm probably going to go with heads. Uh, tails. All right, so let's see what your position is. I want to speak for this. You want to speak for this? Ah, oh, crikey. All right, cool. Let's go speak <laughs> for this. All right. <laughs> okay, let's, let's hear synopsis and then... The stage will be yours. A rich quadriplegic living in a mansion in Paris requires a living carer. A young offender turns up for an interview, but he is not really looking to get the job. However, to his surprise, he's hired. The two men then develop a close friendship. The witness will address this court as judge or your honor. All right. Um, the audience, people who are the wonderful public who's listening to this podcast, I want to tell you about a film where you have two people from different worlds meeting and learning from each other. Have you heard this film before? Yes. Welcome to the world of trading places. Oh, I meant the world of the untouchables, which is basically um, a remake of all the films you've seen uh, that 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 use this particular theme. Let's talk about my fair lady. Let's talk about um, 
trading places. Let's talk about every single movie you've heard where um, one character who's from a totally different world has a totally different worldview, meets somebody else from a totally different worldview, and they learn from each other. There's nothing groundbreaking about this film. Nothing, um, there's no, there's nothing that stands out about this film. This movie relies solely on the characters um, and it doesn't provide any any particular um, fundamental point of incredulity at all. Um, And it's just a film that just borrows some some of the other films and uh, you just get... uh, there's, not really, there's really nothing. I do, I can't think of one particular area of focus of this film that stands out. Nothing stands out in this film. Um, it's just a bland. I wouldn't call it bland, but I will say that it relies solely on the character development um, to carry this film. And it's this movie lives and dies based on whether you buy into the fact that these characters could actually be in this situation. So there's no innovation just the reliance on the fact that the characters are great. That's my, that's going to be my main argument for this film. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Okay. So I think uh, this movie is a great movie because uh, it tells a universal story. It tells a story that is not told enough. And it tells, it brings together two characters that are like, opposites in so many ways but they find a common ground very quickly for for various reasons right uh so i think the this while the story is not necessarily revolutionary like there's other movies that tell similar stories um this is based on a true story Right, and it explores the friendship uh, of these two individuals, and uh, you know it's it's heartwarming and, and pretty unique in that sense. Uh, I think the performances are fantastic. Um, Francois Clouzet and uh, Omar Sy are very good in this. Uh, you can tell their chemistry. You can t- they tell their back- you you can believe their backgrounds, and you can believe kind of the. Um, the the culture clash that is there but it's kind of not and i'm happy to go into that a little more into the characters i'm sure we'll talk about that um but i think like the the relationship the two have feels very genuine and that's a big big part of it um i think emotionally it really hits all the right notes this it's telling us a story about disability about race it's and it's you know, kind of thought-provoking uh, in that sense. Uh, we don't hear, we don't see these kind of stories, especially when it comes to disability, told in this kind of way. And I think uh, that's one of the strong points. Um, and then lastly, the music is terrific. Um, Ludovico Einaudi is so good. And uh, it, it just builds a layer of uh, emotional depth. And uh, yeah, these are all kind of the points that make this movie so good. So um, I'm going to talk a little bit more and probably go into more depth into what I was trying to get across. Um, This movie has a lot of fantasy in it. 
Um, the characters are the depth of the characters are not so deep. They take a lot of real world situations, um, and they try to resolve it from the very surface level. Um, nothing deeper than that. Nothing. Um, everything that they do, all the horseplay they did, getting around, being, uh, being buddies. You know, this buddy stuff that they're doing. A lot of these scenarios are nothing more than skin deep. Um, and I felt like the the real the I think even the characters, um, you know, they don't actually get to know each other beyond their interactions. Did at any point um did the rich guy go to see the family of the poor guy? No. Did the poor guy get to meet the fam the family of the rich guy? No. It's just the surface level interaction where they put a lot of the nuances in the background um, and they try to be as, you know, fun to each other as possible. And, you know, there's some, you know, there's some value to that. Uh, you know, there's a reason why lots of people love this film. But I think that we can't, you know, deny that a lot of the things that they try to talk about, like the, the, the realities between being rich and being poor, the fact that this guy... I, I, thought he was going to save the black guy um, by just giving him money and not understanding his situation. Um, you know, there's so many things that are solved on the surface level and they're not actually even solved. It's just a tepid agreement that they're not going to go uh, into anything deeper uh, than just the surface level interactions that they have. Um Many many situations are awkward. They never they always resolve them in the oddest way. The sexual harassment that he had uh, with the secretary is resolved because she's a lesbian, and then he goes, "Oh, cool!" And then he starts to harass somebody else. The idea of art, you know, being just something you can throw in a paint um, and being sold. It's it's. There's nothing that is resolved deeper than the surface level. And I guess some people just want to run away into this world of where everything is simple um, and and uh, get lost in something like this. And I think that there's an argument for films to be made like this, but I also think that we shouldn't like deceive ourselves and say, okay, this movie is a representation. Even the idea that this is a real-life story is very tepid too, because even the character, Omasi, Omasai, is not the real character that we see in the film. Who is? Uh, um, I think he was um, of of uh, Egyptian descent or something. Um, I'm not entirely sure of where he came from, but he's from the Arab world or the the Middle East or Africa, North Africa. I'm not entirely sure. Um, so you know, there are a couple of there's some things that they've had to adjust for this film. Um, so even the idea that this movie is based on a real story is very tepid at most, because they use a story to try to um, reflect how French society is now. Um, but I don't think that the, the ch changing the the race of the individual involved in this also changes the life outcomes that the, the characters face. So there's, on many, many levels, this movie is just very surface-level fun 
Um, but if you think deeper about it, it goes, it, it doesn't go anywhere. That's my main argument. Hmm. Interesting. I've, I feel like when I watched this movie, I, I did feel like, okay, we, we don't see this kind of story enough. Right. Because there, I, I recognize there's a lot of, kind of preconceived notions about disabilities and i think this is some something that this movie is uh in a kind of light-hearted way trying to address and uh, one way we see this is uh all the other caregivers that are kind of auditioning interviewing for for this role right they're all having uh you know like um like um you know gloves on they're all very careful and all very like by the book of you know versus um driss who is just very no nonsense like you know i'm just here I, very practical right he's like i'm just here to get my slip signed so i can get um like financial aid um and is not doing what everybody else is doing of, of you know seeing and Philippe as somebody who needs to have special attention, who doesn't see him as a person. Uh, and I, th I feel like all the other caregivers kind of, you know, give that sense. Um, and I think that the, the, the chemistry and kind of the balance between the two, right, there's a lot of comedy in that, but there's also, um, it, it felt very refreshing, right? Because it's like, okay, yes, this is a person that is disabled and, 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 pretty badly right they can, like he cannot move on his own um but you know if if still a, a person still a human being and you know you can treat him as a human being um and and that's the the, the better way to go and not like in a specialized you know pity kind of way so from that sense i think that's that's just an important story to tell i think the it has its problems i think the the the, the harassment that you alluded to yeah that's uh, didn't age well right it's like oh that's that's not great my dude um but i guess from a character side it's it's just supporting the whole no care you know i'm going with the flow just you know i'm shooting my shot uh 100% of times and if it doesn't work out then it doesn't work out but uh, at least I tried kind of spirit I uh, I think that's an interesting character trait um and you see that in other other ways in the movie too when they when he's going out and, and picks the car right it's like why, why would you go into like the scrappy car while you have all the nice cars right let's just do that even though it's impractical but you know it's more fun you know you deserve to have fun uh so I, I can really appreciate that uh that character building and, and kind of the relationship building that happens uh, through that. Um, it's, I'm also kind of glad that it's not, you know, this, this kind of white savior kind of thing where he's not, you know, all of a sudden, uh, you know, saved and, and all the riches uh, are his in a way. I, I think that's the more realistic story that is told. Um, and 
yeah, I think I think it's a very heartwarming movie. Like it's a it's a movie that that you can watch with your mom and everybody will have a good time. Okay, um <clears throat> so like I said, I I don't have any problems with that characterization. Um <laughs> and I think that you know, most of the people that are going to watch this film on a surface level, which is basically what I've been saying from the get-go. Mm-hmm. But the moment you think deeper about it, is you start to see how inappropriate everything is. Um, the fact that um, he's putting hot water in a man's leg uh, for entertainment, and the you know the man who is uh, who is aware of this goes well. He's just experimenting, um, basically playing with the fact that you know all the uh, the exercises he's doing, all these things to keep him healthy, is being um, being destroyed by somebody's curiosity. Um, the fact that he even drove in that expensive car, I can understand the joy of it, but we all know that if something goes wrong. Um, the person who is sitting in the front seat is is in a very bad way. Um, it's like you un- understand this movie and you absolutely enjoy it from um, uh, from the position of the surface, and it's a feel good movie from the surface. But there's nothing much more to it than that. Different situations, just to make you feel good, um, and it, and I, I can appreciate also that, you know, we're seeing a character who's a quadriplegic from a different perspective. And I think it gives, there's an empowering feeling to that. You don't, the movie gives you permission not to feel sorry for him. And I think that is a great quality for the film. But I think that some of the situations they put him through, some of the intentions for some of the characters, some of the... Um, some of the um, ideas that are portrayed in this movie are, are glossed over for the sake of feeling good. Um, and some of the more important points that they wanted to make, uh, I just glanced over uh, in general, just to make sure that the tone of this movie is maintained. Um, so I, I think that if anybody comes to you and says, hey, I love this film because it makes me feel good, I would say kudos to you. It's a really, it's a feel-good movie. But have you thought about it? Have you thought about the impact of this? If there's some people who are not in situations where, you know, anyway, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be a downer. Um, (laughs) But I I think, like I said, this movie is a, it's a very strong film on the surface, but this movie is based solely on the idea that these characters have charisma. All of them, this whole movie is, is a bowl of charisma from two main characters that surfaces on the screen. A testament to the actors. But this movie really doesn't have any substance. And you've seen this movie a million times. Like I said, I've named a couple of films. Trading Places, Pygmalion, uh, My Fair Lady. This movie has been done so many times. Um, the only difference is the characters have charisma. And uh, they have a great opening scene uh, where we got some nice music uh, being played in the background as people won bets. So yes, this movie is fun, but yeah, let's not let's not beat around the bush. It's a very surface level fun. Uh, I th- oh, um, 
interesting characterization characterization like i think surface level fun describes a movie like fast and the furious very well mm-hmm. and i think the the emotional depth and the uh, interrelational depth that this movie has over a movie like fast and the furious is worlds apart so calling this shallow is a choice in my opinion i i disagree what about the family what about the family fast and furious that's that's all they talk about in the last film man the family well yeah but it it doesn't go anywhere like who cares about the family like the (laughs) that's that's not it that's the family (laughs) if you have to talk about the family all the time then you have a problem right people need to feel that the family is at stake you don't have to point it out all the time it's like look at my family Mm. right so that's that's a problem right here here i think the like you don't have to to call out uh like i I, you said the two characters are very charismatic uh the cameras chemistry is really good and to think you care for them whatever like you can take offense with the story or that it's shallow but uh, if this movie is getting you to a place where you care for them and and you enjoy the performances that come out of it i think that is already uh, something that not all movies do and that's a win but uh, I think in this case, it's it's just a combination of a lot of factors that are extremely solid, right? Like I said, the music is great. The performances are fantastic. Um, the chemistry between the two is really good. Um, the story is compelling enough. I, I think the story is, is good. You call it kind of repetitive and you know boring. But um, I think it's an interesting story interestingly enough and like i said i think it's an important story to tell because we don't have these kind of stories um that deal with disabilities without that level of pity right and i think that's something we probably should have more to learn as as a people so i I don't think i call this i didn't think i don't think i call this movie boring i just said it's very predictable and you've seen this film many times uh, the themes of this film have been addressed in so many other films. I think that was what I was trying to get at. Okay. Fair. But art reinvents itself, right? And um, every every one of your examples has a stress on a different area, right? And to think this the niche that this movie carves out is the disability niche that's a weird mm-hmm. niche to say but you know and and like i said it's it's approaching that without prejudice fear and um you know kind of the 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 normal somewhat expected like timidness like i think it's it's very it goes into to fairly real feeling spaces right i think the performance is great from from the dude that right like i uh, francois cousette um i think the that felt very real and believable what he did and that's wild you could argue could you find an actor that you know falls into that but again like it's it's not a pity party 
and I think it's important to tell these stories in a way that are not pity parties. And this movie achieves that. And I think that that's that's probably the biggest strength of this film. It's not a pity party, but yeah. Have you did you did anybody who watched this movie stop to think about how selfish these characters are? The two of them well, are and, the most selfish people. Go on. No, and it's not a pity party for uh, just character either. Even though that yeah. is right, that that is more more of a factor. I I almost would say that's the kind of the hidden thing in this, right? That he's coming from from a challenging background and, you know, challenging family and all that. Mm. But there's no pity there as well. Right? It's just kind of very matter-of-factly, like, yeah, we, that's what people go through, some some of them. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 a masterclass in, in character building and, and, like, fleshing out characters in a way that uh, is very focused on on the story they want to tell. I give you that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's not... We don't get the the broad, the uh, you know idea of who these people are. It's very focused, but um, it's they tell you enough to really understand where these people come from and why they behave the way they do, and that's that's well well done. It's a it's a uh, it's a masterclass in sweeping things under the rug. Also, uh, because when you think about all the characters and all the selfish decisions they have to make, um, I mean, seriously, the the, I mean, I think it was explored later that he was in jail, but he he left his his um, his aunt, his adopted mom, um, for six months without any communication whatsoever, and then he waltz in and he he acts like everything is okay, giving her a Kinder egg. You know, there's a lot of things that, a lot of selfish decisions that they make. He never talks to his adopted sister at all. She reaches out to him on several occasions. He doesn't do it. He just leaves his life. Um, these are qualities of, of a narcissist. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, the only joy is the fact of the interactions. Two narcissists uh, having fun, making fun of the world and trying to be as as uh, unpredictable. I mean, the name says it all. They are untouchables. Um, despite all their flaws, uh, their relationship seems to be strong in the way they narcissistically view the world. Um, and the movie gives a different characterization of somebody who's a paraplegic, who can also be a narcissist, um, and who can also have a slight tinge of racism. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's undeniable that he was fascinated by the fact that this guy just waltz in, uh, doesn't give it, doesn't give a damn about the situation he's in, uh, and he feels like he can change his perspective on the world. Basically, what happened in My Fair Lady, and you know, it's 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 very interesting. Um, but you know, let's sweep all the narcissism under a rug, and uh, let's focus on the good relationship these two have. Hmm. It gives me pause. I have, but not because you convinced me. Just because I'm trying to find. Have I overanalyzed this movie now? <laughs> Made Maybe. everybody feel guilty for watching it. No, I mean, I, I don't know if it, I mean it's. 
narcissistic. I think it's it's more like Driss's character. I don't think is a narcissist. He's just a very practical dude from the streets, right? That had rough. But how is he practical if he's driving a, a, a Maserati with a paraplegic in the front seat? He's doing uh, it for himself. He's never... He wanted to see how fast the car can go. And the paraplegic is there um, just to... Just because he has to take care of him. And the other guy is there. Uh, and, you know, Francois, this character is there because he wants to see how... Uh, he wants to enjoy the experience of seeing somebody like him drive a Maserati for the first time. These are two selfish people who are there to experience, they're living through each other. They're living through each other. That's it. Uh, uh, practical. I think, like, when we when we see him go to that job interview, right, He's he really is just there to get that letter signed. Right. And, yes. and, and like he skips, he skips the line. So he's just very like, you know, I don't even want to do this thing. I just signed the, the freaking thing so I can get my money. Right. Um, like, uh, so I, I, I think that there's a very practicalness of it. I think the, it, it's just a dude that doesn't, that has not been able to experience a lot of things and you you could see how his eyes beam when he sees the tub in his room right in a in a, in a bathroom that is as big as you know a, a bedroom at his aunt's place <laughs> right yeah. so uh you know you, you but it's not a damn I, I i never took it as geez i made it it was more like this is crazy like i can you know i can i can take it bath in this like this is wild so so just kind of a childlike innocence to a degree but also the street smarts practicalness of it all right so i think that's that's an interesting um clash in in this character uh, and the more he learns right it, uh, you brought up the car like it, it's fundamentally impractical to have a paraplegic in the front front row but uh, i think he the character didn't approach it from, oh, I want to drive the front car. That might might have been a component of it. But I think at, at its core, it was more a, why do you want to drive in this stupid car when you have this fun car? You know, mm-hmm. you should enjoy the things that you have in life. You know, I don't have a lot of things in life that I can enjoy. But you do, but you never use them. And let's use them. And uh, that's a commandable way to look at life. But it's not a practical way to look at life, though. But it's also not a selfish way to look at life. But he just wanted to drive the car. I mean, I think I may be overanalyzing this film. And I don't want to sip out all the love for this film Uh with my criticisms. Uh, (laughs) You put me in this position, man. <laughs> <laughs> I could, that's right. I could. I, I, <laughs> well, um, I don't have anything else, but we're happy to walk over <laughs> to take the Maserati over to the sidebar. Overruled. Sidebar. Guilty. Speculation. Hearsay. Bailiff. Briefcase. Disregard. In my chamber. Stop Beaver on the witness. Arrest. We could totally be lawyers. It may surprise you to know that. I mean, I already talked about how I love this film. 
It's probably one of my favorite French films um, because it there's 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 no nuance in the film. It's just a fun film to watch. It's fun. The inappropriate jokes, they all land. The inappropriate situations, they all seem <laughs> uh, to mesh with the characters. Um, the characters are consistent throughout the film. Um, and their relationship is very touching. Um, even if they're, if in the background we've swept everything else under the rug, the two, Francois Cluzet and Omar Sy, give some of the most charismatic um, interactions, relationships that I've ever seen in a film. And it's going to be difficult to top this bowl of charisma that the two of them just have. And they steal the scene. There's elements of deepness, uh, of depth between the relationships of these characters. Um, the depth of the characters lead to uh, practical solutions. Um, and, you know, you can see how they rub off in each other. I mean, the guy's been writing letters to this woman for six months, and this guy sits in there and goes, oh, it's boring, just call her, and calls her, and all of a sudden, his life changes. So, you know, these are practical things that change, um, because of their interactions that would never have happened if they never met. So there's 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 a reward system for yep. for their interactions, and I think that's what carries this movie. Um, let's leave everything under the rug and just enjoy this film for what it is. I think this movie is excellent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did the thing that is so trendy right now, but I asked uh, ChatGPT why people hate this movie. <laughs> wow okay what did chat gpt say it says uh stereotyping and racism is one of the the points a simplistic plot it's very straightforward and some viewers may find it predictable or lacking in depth that's that was your point oh. Oh, right? uh, lack of lack of focus on disability which i don't i don't i don't know if i agree with that but okay um and then humor as a defense mechanism which is uh yeah which is which is fascinating maybe i should use chat gpt more this is basically <laughs> the points <laughs> that i was trying to make <laughs> i was just I, curious I, it's like you know <laughs> uh, yeah and it sounds exactly like all the points that i'm trying to make very succinct too um yeah. but the thing about it is the movie is so strong on what is strong on that all of these things can like i said be swept under the rug um and you will still have very a good time watching it um, I, and I think movies like this don't come very often. Yeah, I agree. And and that's what I, what, what I try to convey, right? We, we don't get to hear a story about a, a quadriplegic being treated as a, without, you know, the, the, um, the, the pity that surrounds him oftentimes, or that, that I suspect arounds uh, quadriplegic people uh, oftentimes right i feel like mm. we we don't get to hear those stories a lot and it felt nice to be able to experience a story like that where people just are people yeah you know whatever, whatever their their limitations are and that's why i thought the the character of driss is so refreshing because yes you know there's some stereotyping happening you know the the 
poor un- uneducated black person that, that that's not great right but what he what he gives us is a unconditional commitment to joy in a way right like he's like you we brought the example with the with the letters like just call her do that right like doing the paragliding having the fun car going to the beach you know just just like don't be shut in like don't limit yourself because you think you need to be limited Mm. um due to your situation you shouldn't be like you have all the resources in the world you're a rich person right like let's do all the things and i felt it was so um not um selfish like he organized Mm -hmm. a lot like all the trips and all that 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 was not because he wanted to go parasailing not at all (laughs) right but um because he knew he wanted to give that experience again and I, I, that gives you the fuzzies in a way, right? It's like, oh, that's, that's so kind. There's kindness in the world, even from people that you, that some people don't, um, suspect would be kind due to stereotyping, right? So it, it works on multiple levels and plays with your expectations on, on some of them. And I think that, that makes this a, a very enjoyable movie. And like I said, the performances are really good. Um, I have not seen the remake. I don't want to see the remake because that just feels weird because it has like Kevin Hart and somebody else in it. Who's who's the other person? As, oh, it's the guy from uh, um, Breaking Bad. What's his name? Oh, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. That's such a weird. Oh. It's like I can I can appreciate the problem is this. And reason one of the reasons why I I am not, probably not going to watch it, um, it's uh, it could be um, that number one, the character of Brian Caston will probably work, but the character of Kevin Hart I don't think is going to work. And what I anticipate is that that movie becomes cruel faster than anything because he's going to make jokes about this disability and what the thin line, and I think this is the genius of Omar Sai, he walked a thin line between being cruel and being funny. And I can't see Kevin Hart maintaining that line. I think he's going to dip into being cruel very quickly and it's going to sap some of the joy off the film from this. Um, and I mean, I, I can see Brian Cranston doing a good job, but I don't see how. And I think the character of uh, the Kevin Hart would play would be the reason would be the reason why this movie is either good or bad, because he's the character that's gonna set the tone. And if he dips into the cruel once, which is something that Omar Sai never did in this film, you could I'll give this movie one thing. At every scene, they genuinely felt like they cared for each other. Um, and if they if they don't, if they go out of that boundary at any point, this movie could be could have been a disaster. Okay. Um, I don't see Kevin Hart being subtle enough to be able to walk that line. And I'm pretty sure the movie is not gonna be rated great. Yeah, and I think um, like what, what Omar Sai was able to achieve is kind of almost a childlike naivete in the character. 
uh, like I said, the the thing that I that I pointed out, the bath, the bathtub, right? Just kind of like, whoa, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the car, like the way he approaches women, um, the the way he sees Philippe for who he is, just a person, right? Like the almost the 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 childlike approach to like, oh, you're a person. Why are you doing these things? You know, or why do you not do these things? Uh, and 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 like um, with the water, the burned water, just to, like yes, it's played as funny, but it's also almost like a childlike, mm-hmm. you know, like that's wild, right? An experiment, almost like that's you. You cannot feel like what, <laughs> right? Just kind <laughs> of trying to understand um, the the limitations or not limitations. The, the the playing field that he has with, with Philippe. I th- I thought it was very nice to watch him explore that character in that way. You know, it's um because that explains a lot too of yeah. um how how the relationship is but and also the, the you know the like I said the um I also feel like it's it's almost tried like the devotion to fun. You know, let's have fun mm. while we do this, and you know, let's not limit ourselves. Like we can do all the things that we want to do. Uh, you should do all the things you want to do. You shouldn't feel like you're limited. You're limited, but you have a structure around you that enables you to do all the things you want to do if you want to do them. And sometimes you need to be pushed. But it's it's this like childlike approach that really sells this well. And I don't see Kevin Hart being able to sell that because he's too. To me, he always feels very one note. Yeah. He's the, you know, and 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 you know, um, so I, I I have no doubts that Brian Cranston can sell this, but uh, yeah, Kevin Hart feels wrong. Just feel, feels wrong. Sorry, dude. Does it yeah. just feels wrong? <laughs> Sorry, my dude, Kevin Hart. When you listen to this, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm looking at the reviews. Uh, I, I haven't seen the film. And if this movie does pop up on our list, then maybe I'll see it. Um, but a lot of people kind of give uh, an overview of what the issue is. Uh, like this movie, they said it's, uh, it's pretty manipulative and frustratingly cliche. And then somebody said, the whole affair is misjudged and sickly sweet. Um, you know, things that I, I could predict based on the actor. Uh, and I think the problem also is, this movie came out in 2011. There's no reason to remake this film. No. Right? Eight years later. When did this movie, this new film come out? I don't know when it came out, but I... Yeah, it came out eight years later. Uh, oh, six years later. Um, I don't know why the movie... Uh, this movie was... The distance is too short. Just watch the original. Watch it with subtitles. Watch it with voice dubs. Just watch the original. Um, you would get a little bit better uh, an upside from this than this uh, than the American version. But I will also say this too: um, one of the geniuses of the film is that the worlds of these characters, when they're not together, was a disaster. If you look at um, Drish's relationship with his family, a disaster. This guy's relationship with his staff. Every, you know, from the very moment where they walked in, everybody was, uh, sorry, when he walked in on his first day, everybody was hearing, wearing headphones. 
Um, his relationship with his daughter was crumbling because he was just ignoring her. His relationship with his brother was horrible. Um, their lives outside of their interactions were bad. But when they're together, uh, you could only see the upside of life. So that's that's my that's my nod to the American version. Yeah. I mean, I think, unfortunately, a lot of, you know, our American convention has has taught the American audience to not like subtitles that much. Mm. And, you know, there's a... There's a tendency to just make a remake and cast whoever is trendy right now to squeeze in, squeeze out a little more money out, out of out of that kind of trained behavior. And the thing mm-hmm. that's unfortunate because it's just um, during a dis disservice to all the great filmmakers around the world and the compelling stories that that are told from a different point of view that may be challenging sometimes. You know, I, th- I think like the the international movies we saw, we've seen on this show so far, like some of them are very challenging. You know, but but they're important stories. Like, like can you imagine a Grave of the Fireflies redone by DreamWorks? <laughs> <laughs> those 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 sap out all the essence of the film. Yes, and the fireflies will be minions, right? And. <laughs> <laughs> that gives me that that's a horror movie in, in itself but yeah and i think that's sad because that movie while while it's depressing is so good and it's telling the story so well and it's such an such an interesting experience and i feel like there are there are definitely people that are just not uh open to experience these stories because they're in a different language and subtitled that's sad and it's i feel like it's almost a, a trained learned behavior because everything is remade for the american audience mm. um and that's that's kind of sad so yeah. would you say that this is your call this is your call for people to watch movies in the original context oh yeah well, not context but language i think that, that there's a lot like uh, back when i was living in germany i was you know, at some point I started only watching stuff in their original, like in English, right? When when there were American or British shows, um, and that was great for for multiple reasons. You know, first of all, like the the um, the quality of 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 dubbed versions in German is pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's certainly countries that don't put a lot of effort in it um germany does put a lot of effort in it and and we have good voice actors however you do lose a lot of nuance and i feel like i definitely improved my english by watching by starting watching film and tv almost exclusively in english um because Mm. it's it's really helping you key off of natural sounding flow of sentences and Mm. it's it's always been my hypothesis as somebody who taught um esl students english second language um is that like one of the bigger giveaways of 
not being a native speaker is not nailing the flow of sentences. Mm. And, you know, do I do I nail it every time? No, right. But but keeping on listening to how people talk in real life, even if it's written out, you know, it's if it's like dialogue that somebody conceived before, there's still a certain rhythm and flow to it that helps helped me certainly and i would think other people as well uh, to 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 kind of figure out how people talk and it's not textbook mm. you know so so there's multiple reasons why i think it is valuable to to listen to this or to to watch these movies in their original form i think especially in europe you see some countries that have very like um i think nordic countries speak very speak english very well as, as well as mm -hmm. dutch People speak English very well, but they do have a lot of um, original English with subtitle movies on their on TV. Yeah, right. So not everything is, is dubbed, and uh, I, you know, I would hypothesize that that's just helping um, them speak English better. I don't know. So you know, <laughs> give foreign movies a try. There's, there's some good stuff out there. I totally agree. And if you, uh, if you feel like you want to tell us, reach out to us and uh, tell us which foreign films you're watching, um, or you want to share some foreign film recommendations, you can always send us uh, a message on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram on at Movie Mistrial. Or if you do want to send us uh, recommendations via email, you can always send it to us on... Uh, Contact at moviemistral.com. It's been quite an interesting episode. Um, yeah, but, you know, longer longer than I anticipated. <laughs> I know it's for a movie that I said was too too easy to with a movie without any nuance. We definitely talked about it for quite some time. Um, <laughs> uh, right, right. But you know, I'm looking forward to the next one, which is going to be Modern Times, right? Yeah, Modern Times, Charlie Chaplin. I've never seen this movie, so that'll be good. Uh, neither have I. Yeah. We'll oh, see well, what excellent. the whole fuss about <laughs> the, the whole fuss about Charlie Chaplin is. I've heard a lot of good things about it, though. So we'll see. Yeah, the, you're, I, I don't think I've ever seen the movie of this. So that'd be good. I've seen. Be I've seen. I've seen one that he was on a train. I think, and uh, I think that was the first one he did. Boy was on a train and he did a lot of stunts that, that, that blew my mind. Um, but I don't think I've seen this one. So, yes, it's going to be a new experience for me. Excellent, excellent. Well, you have a wonderful week and uh, talk to you soon. You too, you too. Ciao.